Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Today is the rebirth of a classic. What started with creamsicle and white became Tampa Bay's pirate legacy. As they're tearing down the goalposts. And the Buccaneer way began on the backs of legends. Legends that taught us how to win. This team gave us our first taste of victory. Today, a familiar foe from the NFC Central is on the horizon. From Tampa Stadium, it's the Detroit Lions and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A rivalry that clashed twice a year across three decades. And it all began with names like Selman, Williams, and Wood. Today, the fight continues. This is a legacy and a rivalry reborn. The return of the creamsicle in Raymond James Stadium unfortunately means the second loss of the season for our Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We are live on YouTube today for a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire podcast following the Buccaneers 20-6 loss against the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Bucks looked like a team that was shaken off the rust after after two weeks of not playing. Um, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I think that was probably the biggest disappointment for Tampa Bay today, but kind of the same old story it was in 2022. It seems like you had a defense that, for most of the game, played well enough for you to be at least in this game, and an offense that really just could not do anything. Probably Baker's worst game as a buck. Maybe Dave Canales' worst day calling plays as a Buccaneers offensive coordinator and uh, a rest, the rest of those guys on the offense just just couldn't shake off the rust. It didn't seem like there was anything that could have gotten the Bucks going today until they finally started to throw the ball deep down the field uh, in the final five minutes of the game. So from top to bottom, an embarrassing performance, and they looked like the creamsicle Buccaneers. I'll, I'll give you that much. But uh, Evan, welcome back to another live show reeling from just an incredibly disappointing loss and we're going to break all of it down and then some let's get the formalities out of the way I forgot to do that I'm so upset about the game I'm your host Rip Matthew joined alongside me as always my good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com Evan Wanish how you doing my friend well I'm doing doing better than than the Buccaneers offense you know it actually it, it's funny to me you, you said it reminded you of the game last year to me this did remind me of a game last year except they didn't have you know Tom Brady's heroics to bail them out like reminded me a lot of the Saints game on Monday Night Football last year the Cardinals game the Rams game just like the offense can't get anything going until the final five minutes or so uh reminded me a lot of that and um the first time that the Buccaneers so far this season have been held out of the end zone uh so obviously not you know not good enough and the defense while you know only allowing 20 points and they're on the field for most of the game they were on the field for most of the game partly because they couldn't really get off the field on third down uh, a lot of third down conversions both lions touchdowns were on third and longs um can't happen you know just, just simply can't happen if you want to beat a team that's you know that 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 good and uh just and again, you know, the defense, they didn't have a turnover. Um, you know, obviously the offense only had the one turnover, but that was a, a big one, obviously. And uh, yeah, it's just not really good enough. And I think you're starting to realize now, and, and I hope, and I want to actually get this out of the way now before we have any callers or anything. Um, you're starting to see now, you know, that I think this team is, is not the worst team in the NFL, bottom five, stuff like that. However, like they're also not there right not there in terms of being a i think a good legitimately you know contender type team um because the two biggest tests that they had they failed right they, they, they failed against the eagles they failed against the lions both games weren't particularly close either so the thing that gets me and i think part of the reason why so many people get so disappointed is the Buccaneers start 2-0. Okay, they beat the Vikings and the Bears, two teams that are struggling this year. Okay, then people are like, you know what? Like, Philly's coming in. Like, the Bucs could beat Philly. You're riding high. Doesn't happen. You get humbled, right? You get humbled a bit. Then you beat the Saints, and you do it in a pretty convincing fashion in the Saints' house, and then you have a week off. You have a week off to think, and people start to think, hmm, the Bucs can beat the Lions. And then it's, oh, the Bucs are going to beat the Lions. And fans just get so confident 
in that. And you know, confidence is fine, right? Confidence is fine, but it's like almost like a blind confidence that they they work themselves up so much when like look like that's not what this team is, you know. And I think like before the season, a lot of fans sort of had that idea in their head, you know, like had that idea in their head and but then they went two and oh and you started to maybe believe a little bit like and I and like I said, I don't think the Buccaneers are bad. Like that's not what I'm trying to say here. It's just <sighs> then I see an upcoming pocket, right? You see the Falcons coming up. So my predictions, what's going to happen is the Bucs are going to beat the Falcons. And then there's going to be many fans that talk themselves into the Buccaneers beating the Bills, which probably won't happen. And we'll be back to square one again with having to be humbled a little bit. So I do think the Detroit Lions did a little bit of humbling to the Buccaneers today. Um, the Bucs aren't a bad team. They're just not that good. So that's that. that's where I'm at. I'm with you. Uh, you know, today was a disappointing loss in more ways than one. Firstly, just because of the final score, just because of how for most of the game, it didn't seem like there was a lot of fight. There wasn't any juice at all on the offensive side of the ball for Tampa Bay. Baker just could not find a rhythm at all, was overthrowing everybody. There's a lot to break down. But like you had mentioned, this was pretty much the second litmus test the Bucks have had so far this season to test where they are with the rest of the NFL. And we talked about this before these games. You know, if they lose to Philly, nobody's going to hold that against them. Uh, when they start 3-1 and one and obviously build up the hype around this game, it gets flexed. These are two good teams coming into this game, but it was a litmus test for the Bucks to see how they would play against another pretty damn good team. I mean, now... Now, if I'm not mistaken, the Lions are 13-3 and over their last 16 games in the NFL, which, you know, they are in the company of Kansas City, San Francisco, some of the elite, uh, Philadelphia, elite teams in the NFL. And it's, and it's crazy that we're talking about the Detroit Lions this way, but they are playing like one of the best teams in the NFL, and we clearly saw that today. They just look like the better team all afternoon. They stayed composed, and even when adjustments were tried to be, you know, tried to be made coming out after the second half, they just, they stuck to what worked and they were coming into this game. Get this. They were coming into this game injured as hell. Like <laughs> you're missing, you know, all of these pieces on both sides of the ball. And then early in the game, you lose David Montgomery, who has had quite the career resurgence with Detroit. He goes down and then we get, uh, what was his name? Reynolds. I'm sorry. Who was the next running back who came in? Uh, I honestly, honestly don't remember. Um, I, I mean, Josh Reynolds was a receiver it, who was yeah. Josh Reynolds was was a receiver. Um, there was the one guy that only had a few carries. Uh, it was has a weird last name. Uh, Khalif Raymond got a few carries as well. I mean, but honestly, like the Lions, just, they didn't really run the ball much anyway. So yeah, they didn't. And before we talk about the Buccaneers defense, I guess we should just go ahead and get into this game on the offensive side of the ball for Tampa Bay and take a look at some individual stats here in the box score. Let's talk about Baker Mayfield first and foremost, because while we talk about the offense, I said this at the start of the show, but literally, I mean, this is the phrase I'm going to use all week from top to bottom. There was nothing on this offense all day. Nothing, just mm -hmm. nothing, nothing. I, I mean, it took until the third quarter to get their longest gain of the day. And that was a shot to Chris Godwin in the seam. And it seems like, Maybe if things had gone another way early in the game, you know, a tipped pass ends up being an interception early in that game. It's hard to blame it on Baker, but at the same time, like, you know, passes were being tipped at the line of scrimmage all day long, like four or five. So that was a continuous issue. Uh, if Bake doesn't get that pass tipped, he's potentially got Mike Evans for a 40, 50 yard gain, but it doesn't happen that way. Bucks defense stands tall. They only hold Detroit to three points on a zero yard drive, which you do like to see. But back to the lack of production on offense, it just wasn't there today. 19 for 37, 206 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception for Baker Mayfield. Like I said before, probably his worst game yet in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. And, and you know, I honestly, like early on, I didn't think he was that bad. Um, like, I really didn't. The interception, yeah, you could have thrown it a bit higher. Uh, it's, it's tough when it's tipped. Um, it's a tough break. Obviously, yeah, they could have had six there for sure. But I didn't think Mayfield was that bad early on. But as the um, as the game went on, he got kind of worse. Uh, he missed Trey Palmer two times. 
uh, for touchdowns. Miss Mike Evans on one. Uh, I want to talk about Mike Evans a little bit later, but um, I, I didn't think Mayfield was bad early on. Did get worse as the game went on. So I, I would probably say this is the worst game. Um, I think it was pretty similar to the Philly game. And, and again, like, that's the thing. Like, that's what this team is going to be. Like, they're going to be able to look decent against mediocre to somewhat decent teams and bad teams, right? Like, they're going to be able to do that. But when it comes to, like, the, the top of the conference, the top of the league, they're just not there. And, like, okay, that's okay. You know, like, that's it's not, like, a, uh, a, a terrible thing. Um, but it's just the, the truth right it, it's it's just the the facts and um i again baker i don't think he uses legs nearly as much this time as he has in the past i think that hurt a little bit more you just hope this doesn't become a trend uh that's what you have to hope i think you gotta hope that this doesn't become um something that you know two straight games, three straight games, you know, there was the offense start to struggle because then, you know, that the rails can start to fall off this thing. So, um, yeah, I thought, I thought Baker was fine early on, got worse as the game went on. And yeah, the offense, just like you said, the offense just didn't have any juice and never felt like the offense really had a shot every time they were, they had the football. Like it never felt like they had a shot to, to do anything with it. Yeah, and and honestly, a big part of why the Bucks failed on offense this game is because of third down. It's it's crazy because coming into this, we touted Baker Mayfield in this Buccaneers offense as some of the most efficient offensive uh, play, playmaking on third down in the NFL. Sorry, words are kind of hard. You know what I'm trying to say here. The Bucks were one of the best teams in the NFL on third down coming into this game. After tonight, uh, two for twelve. On, on third down. And that was when, you know, the offense was on the field because not only were they barely on the field, not only could they not execute when they were on the field, but they barely had the ball. Detroit basically beat the Bucks in a way that the Bucks have beaten some of these lesser teams so far this season. Good ball control football, good conversions on third down. That Bucks defense could not catch a break on third down. And it reminded me of some of the defenses of old where if it was third and long situation, you almost guaranteed the offense was going to pick it up. I mean, third and 11, third and 15, multiple third longs today converted by Jared Goff and the Lions offense. Uh, just abysmal. But that's late in the game. That's when those guys are gassed because they're just on the field for 40 minutes in a game like this. It's not going to produce winning football for Tampa Bay. Now, going back at the offense as we continue to deep dive into what went wrong for the Bucks, the run game. Um, the run game or the lack thereof. It's crazy because we talked about time and time again how Dave Canales has said the Bucs are going to be stubborn running the ball, and it felt that way today. You know, it felt even, like I was screaming at my TV, you know, why are, why are we running bubble screens and inside handoffs to Keyshawn Vaughn when we're down 14 points? Uh, I didn't fully understand the logic behind that. Hmm. And even the adjustments made after halftime, nothing changed. You know, it was a couple of big plays to start the third quarter for Tampa Bay. I think they caught Detroit reeling, but could not capitalize. Made it to the red zone multiple times. Could not get in the end zone. Rashad White, seven carries for 26 yards, averaging 3.7 yards a tote. Keyshawn Vaughn, six carries for nine yards, averaging 1.5. Baker Mayfield had to tuck it and run two times, only getting six yards. And Devin Tompkins on an end around got five yards. No Sean Tucker for another week in a row. So Keyshawn Vaughn now officially taking snaps away from Sean Tucker, who I guess the Bucs don't have that much faith in. But here we are after another week where, I mean, less than 20 carries. And even then, I feel like we saw more than enough of, of the lack of run game for the Bucs in this game. So a lack of Rashad White. This, like Really was, did. Like, yeah. Was there a portion of this game where Rashad White was benched for Keyshawn Vaughn? Like, are you kidding me? Like, you're trying to figure out what this dude is. You know what Keyshawn Vaughn is. Like, in a critical drive, you gave the ball to Keyshawn Vaughn twice and then threw to him once. What is that? Like, I, is, I, I don't understand what that is. Um, really quick side note. Uh, the NFL no longer unbeaten as the 49ers and the Eagles have both lost. The Eagles have Ooh, been wow. defeated by the New York Jets. 
Hey, After it was, Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts threw a late interception, then the Jets scored a touchdown, then he just couldn't couldn't get it. They were so. playing they were playing that game in MetLife too, right? Jets yes, were at home. Yes, so Aaron yes. Rodgers on field pregame must have been rubbing some of that uh, magic stuff in the turf. <laughs> yeah. Big so um, but yeah, the offense just it, it wasn't good enough, and uh, something to monitor again, something to monitor. But Baker Mayfield was walking off uh, into the locker room, not moving his left arm. So, uh, just something to watch. So, just uh, had an update had the-, had the sleeve didn't have the sleeve on to start the game. Put the sleeve on his left arm, I believe, after the first drive. So, just an update from Baker himself from his press conference. I guess he was just asked about that as far as his hand because he did have a bloodied up throwing hand as well for the people who saw that uh, said the x-rays came back fine just hurts so could be a pain tolerance issue moving forward Baker is a guy that is going to stand in the pocket going to take those shots going to play physical and and will probably he play took a lot injury. of shots today yeah yeah he did take a lot of shots today so obviously he's probably going to tough it out and be ready to go for next week but if we hear anything else injury update related uh, we'll definitely let you guys know yeah, so it's just yeah, the offense just wasn't good enough. I th- I thought the offensive line actually played decent. Um, I thought there was there I, when Detroit was blitzing, they were getting home, which I think that was a big difference in this game. One team blitzes and gets home, the other one blitzes and it's a clean pocket. Still, so it's like they're rushing three, uh, which we'll we'll talk about the defense later. But I thought the offensive line was okay, um, good enough. I, I thought I, I thought they did a good enough job against a pretty good Detroit front. So, um, just you know, some of the receivers couldn't couldn't really execute. Uh, Mayfield couldn't execute. So, uh, just a lot of things. You know, nothing really went right for the Bucks today on offense. Before we talk about the play calling to wrap up the offense, I I did want to talk about some of those receivers and some of the guys who could not come up today and make a play. And one of those guys is obviously going to be Mike Evans, who... Is this his worst season for dropping the ball so far? Because today... (laughs) No, I mean, mean, he had that one, the Giants game 2015, where he have eight drops in that game. That's probably the worst. I, I mean, since then, you know, he's been the definition of automatic for Tampa Bay, and he's been the catalyst for this Buccaneers offense. But even today... They couldn't find him, and when they could, it seemed like half the time he couldn't even catch it. And at the beginning of the year, we talked about how they they drew a line in the sand with what his contract demands were, and you even said it yourself after some of those drops against the Eagles. If you want to be paid like a top-wide receiver, you can't be dropping passes like you were today. And today against the Lions was unfortunately another one of those games for Mike Evans. He did not look like himself out there today. And... um yeah, no, he, he definitely didn't, and and that that drop what was on uh what was on third down, so uh, big drop there. But one thing I will say, and this is gonna rile some people up or whatever, and this isn't like okay, this isn't the exact messaging, the words that I'm gonna use. However, I thought his uh, body language today was completely, completely unacceptable. Just complete. You have that captain's patch on. Right. They just voted on captains. Right. You have that captain's patch on. And every time the camera panned to Mike Evans, it looked like he would rather be anywhere else in the world than where he was right there. And I understand you're losing the game. Your offense isn't doing much or whatever. Don't doesn't matter. You're supposed to be a leader. You're supposed to be a guy who wants to be paid all this money. Go out there and perform and don't pout. So to me, it, it's unacceptable. If you don't want to be in Tampa Bay, get out. Like if you don't want to be here any longer, request a trade and leave. Don't sit there like 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 a little lost puppy and and have a big frown on your face, you know, the entire time. You know, it, it's honestly like the entire. I never see him like even crack a smile. Like nothing. Like it just his entire body language. He looks so defeated today. Like if you're that far out of it, dude. Like, ask out. Like, I, I, I don't understand why you're you're acting the, the way you are. Like, I get it. You know, maybe frustration from the earlier drop. You still got a whole game to play. Like, you got to go out there and go to work. So I just thought his body language today, when he's a leader on this team, he's a veteran leader, got that captain's patch on. I thought it was completely unacceptable. And honestly, the worst I've ever seen it. Um, I've never seen him look just so dejected, so like lost and, and defeated. Um, yeah, I, I, I did not find that acceptable. 
And uh, Mike Evans, his stat line today, four receptions for 49 yards. Chris Godwin, your leading receiver, six receptions for 77 yards. Trey Palmer also made a couple of big plays, a couple of 20-plus yard receptions for him. Two catches for 47 yards. Kate Otten, a catch for 15. Rashad White, three for 12. Payne Durham back in the rotation after not being active the last few weeks. He had a catch today for eight yards. So I want to talk about the play calling. And we talk about the wide receivers. I feel like this is a good way to continue the conversation here. There was no juice on on the offensive side of the ball for the Bucs today. There was no pushing the ball down the field for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. Whenever they took shots down the field, unfortunately, Baker was overthrowing everybody. So again, when I say from top to bottom, it was abysmal on offense today. That doesn't just mean Baker. That doesn't just mean Mike Evans. Doesn't just mean Dave Canales. It means in every facet, the offense today sucked. And it was insane to me how obviously the urgency is going to pick up at the end of the game and the Bucs want to go out there and maybe execute something to make that final score not look as bad. But the most movement we saw from the offense today was when they finally started throwing the ball down the field. When you finally started looking for Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And I know Mike had a couple of those catches today. And Chris Godwin ultimately had six catches. But I feel like both of those guys got at least two or three of those catches on the day in the final two offensive possessions for Tampa Bay. I I, I don't know what the philosophy was for Dave Canales coming into this game. But you had two weeks to come up with something that was going to look better than what we saw, ultimately. You know, there, there isn't anything I can say that ultimately means more than that state, statement right there. Dave Canales had two weeks to prepare for this Lions defense, and he crapped the bed, and he's going to tell you that. He'll be the first guy to tell you that. That's what I do really like about Dave Canales. This is another game where he's going to take his lumps, he's going to learn, and he's going to continue to adjust. He's humble enough to admit that he had a bad day today, but... I mean, realistically, play calling, again, like I said, some of the worst play calling this season. Maybe maybe worse than the Eagles game. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I mean, the third and one fade to Mike Evans. We took two weird. deep shots today on third. It was third and one, the fade shot to Mike Evans looking for an OPI. And then later in the game on third and two, he overthrows a wide open Trey Palmer. Why are we playing for the home run? Just get the yards. Just get yeah. the yards. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And on uh, bandwagoner in the in, in the chat said that those two Palmer misses hurt. They definitely did. He said Brady was overthrowing too, though. That's Tom Brady. <laughs> like it, it, it's Tom Brady. Okay, and, and, and no, you know what I I've said before on this podcast that like the overthrows, it's going to take time, and I still think it's going to take a few more weeks for Baker to really get dialed in to build that chemistry up all the way to know the difference of a deep shot. The velocity, yeah, but that you're you throwing. are running out of time, right? You know, Trey Palmer, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, when he didn't have the pressure right on top of him and he's taking a hit as he lets go of the ball, he was overthrowing some guys. Um, I just, I, I still think the play calling was, was awful today. I mean, there was no attempt to push the ball down the field. And even when the bucks had to step up the urgency and they're playing down two possessions, we're still throwing bubble screens that lose two yards. We're still running right up the A-gap with Keyshawn Vaughn for no reason. Like, it just seems some of it felt pointless, and, and all of it certainly felt flat. Well, and also, you know, where was the, uh, you know, the misdirection? Where was the, you know, like a lot of that stuff? Um, you know, the play action, you didn't see a lot of it. And this game, honestly, like, yeah, sure, the, the final score is 20 to 6. This game was in reach for most of it. Like, most of this game was completely in reach. It, it's not like this game got out of hand early you know it's not like you were down 20 points at halftime um you know so it's just not a good enough day and you know not 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 good enough and uh you know yeah every team the division lost g vegas brings up a point he said this is the worst case scenario will uh bucks could win the division with a bad team but everybody else in the division will get favorable draft position um yeah you know it's it's um I think a lot of people are sort of hurt by this. And again, it goes back to the point where I say just the expectations, I think for this team um, to me, they're, they're pretty average. Uh, I, I think they're a pretty average team. I don't think they're bad because, you know, if you are bad, you, you lose the Vikings, you lose the bears. Um, but I also don't think they're like particularly good because if you're good, all right, maybe the Eagles, even though the Eagles lost today, Eagles have struggled. You know, they've been winning, but they haven't been winning clean. All right, yeah, you lose that game. But, like, today's game, like, your defense only gave up 20 points. Like, 
if you're a good team, you find a way to win that game. And um, yeah, they're just they're not they're not that team. And I think the the quicker and sooner people realize that, the more easier it will be to digest these losses. The biggest feeling I come away from this game with is is obviously disappointment. But most of the reason for that disappointment is because we had talked about how when they lost to the Eagles early in the year, nobody was really going to hold that against them, right? Nobody expected them to win against the Eagles. Now, they did have a better-than-expected start, the Tampa Bay mm-hmm. Buccaneers, so it led to the increased hype around this game. But if the Bucks would have lost to the Lions but made it a competitive game, I still don't think a lot of people would be as down about this loss. But this was just another one of those games where you compare yourself to one of the better teams in the NFC. And it's not close. And they got embarrassed. Be, I mean, be, they, be, be, because because they're as a football team, they're not close. Right. Like that's just that's just what it is. You know, as as a team, they're not as close as fans want them to be. And honestly, that's okay though, to me. Like, because that just because you're not close, that doesn't mean you're only gonna win three games. Like that doesn't mean they're gonna go winless the rest of the year. You know, people just take always two extremes. They go, you're either the worst team in the NFL or you're really good. No, there's a middle ground. Like the Bucs will probably like they're going to win six, seven, eight games. Like it's going to be in the six to eight range. Like it's what it's going to be this year. We'll see if that can win the division. Obviously, yeah, all three division uh, teams lost today. The Bucs already have a division win. So that that helps their their thing. And I I and I also I get the fans that like to make the playoffs because you're in the playoffs, right? Only six teams get in. Um, you know, you are in the playoffs. I get that be a third uh fourth straight year that they go into the playoffs. Um, however, I also understand the fans that are looking at it from the other side being like, "Okay, you make the playoffs. This is what you do against good teams." In the playoffs, you're going to be playing good teams. So, you're not going to win a playoff game. So, like, why waste your time? I understand both sides of it. Um, I I do get it. Um, but it's just, you know, there's a long season. There's a lot of football left to be played. It's just I think you're starting to find out what exactly this team is. And it's looking more and more, even though the record's 3-2, and two, it's above 500, looking more and more like it's an average football team. Like, that's just that's just the fact. When you beat the bad teams but lose to the good teams, you fall in the middle. Like, you know, that's that's average. And I think that's that's where the Bucks are right now. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Richard T. from the West Coast. What's hey, up, Richard? Richard? How you feeling, bud? Uh, I feel like I just got mauled by a lion. <laughs> the, the Bucks offense did. Yeah, I think the whole defense or the whole team, not just the offense. I mean, defensively, couldn't stop them on third down. Offensively, couldn't convert, couldn't get anything going. They got shut out with no touchdowns, guys. Mm-hmm. At home. I feel like a thing. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. But look, the point is, is that the new offense, new scheme, new offensive, offensive coordinator who's never called offensive games before. These are the growing things that we were expecting to see. Fortunately, hit hard. Hit hard on a day when when there was a lot of hype going into this week uh, with the game being flexed, with it being creamsicle week. Um, being the, I think the, the NFL said uh, it's the first game this season where it's two division, um, two division leaders going head to head. That's tough. It really is. You know, we, we went to this game and, and it roots. Like, really, that's the best plan that we came up with in two weeks. You know, Rhett, you said something like that. At the same time, I, I honestly feel like it wasn't as bad as we're all taking it. I think some of the, like, oh, maybe this is me being positive or uh, an optimist. But, yeah, Gibson Alice will probably admit that he didn't have the best play-calling day. But at the same time, if we just connected on some of those plays, it would be a different game. Early on, that, that, that interception that got, that got batted up, um, that would have mm-hmm. went to Mike Evans, he was mm-hmm. wide-ass 
open. Yeah, that would have been 50-plus yards, and that would have set the tone for the game. It would have set the tone for the offense. It potentially could have been the biggest play of the day as far as a yardage standpoint. There's a lot that that potential completion could have done, and you know, it almost reminds me yeah. of that, that mishap in Carolina last season with Mike Evans dropping the ball on the third play from scrimmage. After that, it was like the offense was dejected. Now, I'm not going to say that that's what happened today, but that's certainly what it felt like by them just not putting anything on the field. Yeah, I I, I, I thought of that, uh, the same thing too. Um, but really, where was the will? I mean, I'm not saying that they didn't have the will to try to play, but the Lions players, their will was way greater than the Buccaneers players, you know? Um, and had, that's how you beat those kind of key plays, right? That play would have worked. Would have worked. But it didn't because the defensive line or the, the, the line's defense was able to impact the, the pass and got a turnover. Yeah, that, that wasn't the only time they were so, affecting the pass at the line of scrimmage. The Lions' defensive uh, defensive front was able to get their hands on the football maybe four or five different times today, deflecting the pass from Baker and, uh, you know, just causing yeah, more yeah. disaster. Yeah, you know, but but you, you, know, you, can, uh, you, you can play the, the, the if game, though, all you want, you know. Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. What, if, what if the Vikings didn't have three turnovers in the first half week one? Do the Buccaneers lose to the Vikings? You know, so it can go on both, both likely, ways. Yeah. You know, if the Buccaneers hit this, these, if they hit the big plays, yeah, but they didn't. You know, like like at the end of the day, like they didn't. So the the Lions did. They the did, Lions, yeah. Lions two, like I said, third and longs. Both touchdowns came on third and long. Uh, the Lions made the plays that the Bucks just didn't. Yeah, at the end of the day, we we simply got out coached. We got out willed. And we got out luck, you know, on, on the Bucks defense side, we got a couple of those hands on balls too, but they didn't bounce our way, yeah. you know, for, for us to make an interception. There was, there was two or three inter, uh, opportunities, but we're just a body away, an arm length away. Um, but it, it, my, my point is, is that it's growing pains, like I said, and it's going to take time. And it's, it's not like the team totally sucks. We're still in first place, and we still have a long season, right? Look at all the hype that the Lions are getting this season. The first half of the year last year, they were gaka. They were doing nothing. They were. And it finally so they were together for them. Dan Campbell, right? when he became head coach for Detroit, their first 12 games on the road, they went 0-11-1. They didn't win a single game yeah. on the road until the very end uh, of that second season You know, under Dan Campbell. And the turnaround that he's had has been remarkable. Like Nobody is saying that the Lions are not a good team. And like you said, you alluded to the fact that they did a good job of out-coaching the Buccaneers coaching staff today. So... So got to give credit where credit is due. Dan Campbell has done a really good job of turning around that Lions team. And ultimately, after this after this week, I mean, maybe people are going to discredit them because they beat a Bucks team that isn't as good as everybody thought. But the Lions, week after week, are turning into a contender. And they're just playing good football. They were definitely playing better football than Tampa today. No, they, they, they have, they're playing good football. And, you know, the thing about the Lions, too, is that they have depth. I mean... This may sound familiar, but, I mean, that was an organization that's been at the bottom of the NFL, always drafting high picks year after year after year, getting quality players right out of right out of college. And it just took a piece or two to start turning things around. Sounds familiar, right? Yeah, that's yep. what I'm saying is that we're, we're, we're kind of on that, on that track, right? We're probably at the beginning of that track. But it's going to take time for, for us to, to put things together. And we just got to hope that it's not so bad where it's going to start causing, you know, turnovers in, in the coaching staff and things like that. I, for one, really like what I'm seeing from Dave Canales. Um, it's just not coming together quite yet. And I think that's really more on the execution of the players than it is, like, uh, making bad calls. Because I, I really do feel that some of those key plays, you turn those plays around, it's a, it'd be a different outcome. And instead of us 
bitching and whining about how we lost today. We'd be celebrating on a good win, on a good creamsicle day, uh, first day off the bye being 5-1 and one, or 4-1. and one. But, you know, not the case today. It's not the end of the world. No, you're right. It is not the end of the world. And it's going to be interesting to see how this Bucks team will bounce back because they have faced adversity before this season and they came back and they beat the Saints the following week. So it'll be interesting to see the adjustments that are made, not only from this Bucks team, but from the coaching staff as well, headed into next week. Richard, good talking to you, my friend. We're going to get to some other calls, but we'll talk to you again soon. Go Bucks, pal. Go Bucks. West Coast. <laughs> West Coast. Let's get some more people in here. We got a couple of other people who have been holding for a while. This next caller from the 770. We appreciate you holding on for so long. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm here. No problem. What's up, man? What's your name? How you feeling? Ken. Uh, this is uh, Corey from Nashville. Corey, what's up, dude? What's up, man? Um, Okay, I called after we beat the Saints, right? And I said, because of our history with the Saints, I wasn't quite sure, like, how to respond to the game mm -hmm. um, because I didn't know what kind of team we were going to be coming out of the bye week. Did we turn a corner? Such, such. I kind of feel the same way today because that game, the, the definition of that game, the, the, the equality of that game is missed opportunities. I mean, Baker said it in his post-game presser. Every play was – every big play was there. It was there. We didn't execute. And against a good team, you have to execute because guess what happens? Eventually, they will. I thought for the better part of that game, we were pretty much even teams, like just keeping it honest. I mean, the score was 3-3, three, three, um, and we gave, up, we gave up two touchdowns on third and long. Cannot happen. I'm completely over the Ryan Neal experiment. I saw, I saw better IQ from D. Delaney, quite he, frankly. He was I'm, awful I'm today. I, I was going to talk about that at some point, but I was infuriating. It, it was infuriating to see how often he was the reason a play broke down. Like, he he was he was Chris Conti bad today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, ghost, of, ghost of Conti's past, Chris's past. Um, but the, it's just... It's just uh, almost that frustrating. If we go, we play Detroit, or we go, we play Philly. Like, the Philly game, the plays weren't there. I think it's just too early in the season. Um, Canales, we still didn't quite have a rhythm. It was just a little early. We played a really, really good team come off a really, really good run. But, but to me, Philadelphia showed a lot of flaws, and we exploited them for about two quarters if you want to total up the game. And then for the rest of that, we got our flaws um, exposed. But – we got to harp on the on the positives because that was only our fifth game, right? We're still number one. We're still outright in first place of the division because of thank God for the Commanders and the Texans. Never thought I would say that ever, but thank God for them. And the plays were there, guys. I don't. I just. I just. I'm frustrated like everybody else in Bucks Nation. We looked so. We looked good while losing. I tell you that. At least we looked good. <laughs> but it's. I just. The plays were there. There was a little bit of stubbornness from Canales that he has to work out. Um, if you saw Ben Johnson's play calling in that second half, they just completely went away from running the football. They went away from it. It wasn't working. And Jared Goff got in a really nice rhythm. I think Canales has to learn that. He looked like a first-year play caller, and it's hard to beat him up when we did have explosives there and we didn't execute those explosives. There are two touchdowns on third and longs. That's lack of execution. Um, and like Todd Bowles said, with coverage bust. That's a very explosive offense, and I thought the defense held them to 17. They got three off a of tip ball and the interception. Um, so that the 17 part mark is what we wanted. The problem is the offense, two for 12 on third down, and we've been really good on third down this year. I just think we went away from what made us really good. And if we're going to play Keyshawn Ross so many snaps, I, I, I'm all, I already put this all over Twitter. Go, we, We're not going to get a premier running back. That's fine because we can't afford one. But go get Zach Moss. Go get Zach Moss out of out of Indianapolis. They, they, they paid all that money to, to Jonathan Taylor, not for him to split carries. Zach Moss just came out hot, and Taylor was cut off a major injury. But it, they kind of split today, got blown out. Fine. Go get him. Just give a, give a fifth-round pick for him or something. Go get him. Because I don't want to see Keyshawn Vaughn getting 20-plus percent of my snaps. It's just, it's just not going to work.
Speaking of getting some work. playmakers to help Talk this team out, job. we did get a $2 super chat from our buddy Mr. Bucks Nation says, the Bucks need to sign some veterans to compete. And he put a little winky face there at the end of that because that's what everybody's go-to point is when we look at some of the roster holes the Bucks have. But I, I do agree. I, I think... I, I think looking at the running back room that we have, you know, week one, if everybody stayed healthy and you want to have faith in this running back room, then so be it. And it still is somewhat early in the season, new offensive system, some new yeah. personnel, right? New role for Rashad White, getting more work than he's ever gotten. But today he was he was pretty scarce. And maybe that tells me the Bucks don't have all the faith in him to be a three down back. So just like you said, with Chase Edmonds still on the mend and Keyshawn Vaughn very clearly not the guy, and uh, Rashad White just not getting the sample size in a game like today to prove that he can or cannot be the guy. I definitely think they're going to maybe have to address some positions here soon. Now, it's not going to be a stud. They go and sign. We've said that before. It's not going right. to be some tenored veteran, a name that everyone's going to know. But, Derek uh, Henry a, a or none of that, yeah. Perfect situation, just like you said, though, is Zach Moss, a guy who has now been overshadowed by the return of Jonathan Stewart. Maybe potentially looking for a change of scenery. Who knows? The uh, trade deadline just a couple of weeks away. But, Corey, any last points before we let you go, my friend? Um, I just I want to harp on the fact that the plays were there. The plays were there. But execution at this level, pro sports, I, 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 coach, I coach basketball. I can get away with things at certain levels. But as a pro, you can't get away with that many missed opportunities. That's all I want to say. Thanks, guys. Hey, thank you, Corey. Always appreciate you calling in. And and a great point that I'll echo here, too. You cannot miss those opportunities against a good team. Like, we said the same thing about the Eagles. You know, the drop touchdown pass from Mike Evans, stuff like that. You can miss these opportunities when you're playing the Bears and, and potentially the Vikings and maybe the Saints, who are now, what, 1-4, 1-5 over their first six games. Um, you can maybe get away with some of that stuff against them. But when you go into a game... That is, again, considered a litmus test for where you are, where you rank among some of the NFL's best teams. You, you just cannot let that stuff happen. $2 Super Chat from our buddy Drifts924, a first-time Super Chat, by the way. Uh, says, how do you call in? We'll take some more calls at the end of the show. We do have a lot of people on hold. We appreciate your patience. 305-224-1968. Meeting ID is 857-1079-0217. Let's talk about the defense before we take another set of calls and wrap this thing up. Uh, I know that what I said before is, is a lot of what I'm going to say here again. This felt like a game from 2022 where you have a defense that was good enough to win for the most part. And then ultimately by the third quarter, they're just gassed and they cannot get themselves off of the field. You know, time of possession, Detroit absolutely dominated the Bucs. I, I, they held the ball for close to 40 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Two-thirds of the game with your defense being out there is not going to be enough to produce winning football. But the way the defense started, I, I can't say a lot of terrible things about them. You know, it was the, the quick interception in the first quarter. You give up three points, but you give up three points on a zero-yard drive. I mean, the Lions got the ball in the red zone right. pretty much seven like yards. On the, on the 10-yard line, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, and they, they got zero yards, and, and that's, that's good. It puts your offense in a situation to go out there the next drive, make up from their mistakes, and still potentially get the lead back. Like, that's mm. the thing, too, is that, you know, there were a lot of opportunities there, kind of like Corey said, for the offense to come in and save the day, and they simply did not. But by the end of this one, the defense was gassed, could not get off of the field, and uh, they just they broke down in that second half. Jared Goff and the Lions offense were, were certainly having their way. Yeah, I'm going to look at two things. Um, I didn't think the defense played bad. The one thing, though, no turnovers, which is important. Um, and then the lack of pass rush. And, I mean, we I talked about it. I alluded to it a little earlier. When the Lions were blitzing, the Lions were making uh, an impact, right? It was affecting the Bucks offense. When the Bucks blitzed, all it did was leave an open guy. They're just – this pass rush, it's starting to look like this pass rush may not be it. Like, like honestly, like Shaq Barrett's kind of quiet. Like Shaq Barrett did not do much at all today. Vita Vea didn't have as strong of a game pass rushing as he has this year. Joe Trishawinka was made a player too. The Bucks' best defender, I think, was Kalaja Kansi, which, like, don't get me wrong, that's a great sign. Like, that's yeah, a fantastic it. sign. But um, when he's your best defender, that's not what you want to see particularly, you know? Like, so – they just don't have the pass rush, especially against these top tier offenses and the lions offense. Okay. It's not a top five offense, but it's, I'd say it's a good unit. Um, 
they just they don't have the guys to do it. And what happens is you don't have the guys to rush for four, so then you blitz. And even when they were blitzing, though, they weren't getting home. When you pick up a blitz, Jared Goff, a veteran, is going to find the open man all day long, and that's exactly what they did. And I agree with the caller, actually, uh, Corey, um, talking about Ryan Neal. Yeah, I thought Ryan Neal was just just atrocious today. Um, it seemed like they were, you know, targeting him. Dr. Meldeen had a pretty good, good day. Carlson Davis pretty quiet, but yeah, I mean, Ryan Neal seemed like every time there was a play, he was involved in it. And the Bucks, I don't understand why they played so much zone coverage. Like, I don't know if they thought the Lions were just going to keep going over the top and deep shots and stuff, but Man, oh man, the Lions were just picking apart their zone. And when you don't have an uh, effective enough pass rush, a veteran quarterback like Jared Goff is going to find that hole in the zone nine times out of ten, and that's exactly what he did today. So while the defense wasn't the reason they lost, right, it wasn't the reason they lost, there was definitely, and 20 points isn't bad, right? On the surface, only giving up 20, basically 17, because just just like the caller said, you know, the interception, you're basically, you're already there. Um, It's not bad. But it, they still did leave a lot to be desired, especially when your offense are struggling, sure. But your offense also, you need to stop. You need to give the ball back to your offense. And time and time again, uh, you just did not uh, get off the field. And like I said, both touchdowns coming on third longs cannot happen. Just just can't happen. I am glad you brought up Kalijah Kansi because I wanted to highlight his play today. Uh, people have been waiting for him to show up. And kind of like Vita Vea, you know, dealt with injuries that rookie year, and it took him a little while to really come on. Kalijah Kansi played a little bit week one, has not played since. This was his first game back, got a healthy amount of snaps. I don't want to overreact, and I don't think I am overreacting, but his presence on the defensive line was more than noticed. And I think where it was noticed the most today was in the run defense for Tampa Bay. The run defense for the Bucks outside of the Eagles game has been pretty good. They are going back to the, you know, to the run defense they were known for in 2019, 2020, early 2021, and then eventually teams were able to figure it out and run the ball on them. But today they look stout, and I know that David Montgomery going down. What was it? The second quarter is going to hurt Detroit. But aside from that, they they had less than 40 yards rushing on the day. They they controlled the football. They played with the lead, and coming into this game, they were one of the better rushing teams in the NFL. And I do think that Kalijah Kansi, being an extra body in that rotation, he's he's a good run defender to have in the middle of the line. And and I like a lot of what I saw from him today. You know, I thought he's good. He made an impact early and and often. Uh, you can see the the potential. I, I think you know with him as as a pass rusher, and um, you know he he fled. There was actually a few times where like he, he got held. Um, I thought so there was a few times where he had won his rep, but just didn't get through. And uh, yeah, really encouraging sign. I mean, he's played two games so far. Well, basically a game and part of a game. Uh, he's the Minnesota thing. He wasn't very in very yeah, long. I mean, but, ten ten snaps. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, so far so good. You, you just hope he's, he stays healthy because obviously health so far has been an issue for him this year. So you hope there's nothing else that pops up that would cause him to miss any more time because he's a, a pretty critical piece for the Bucks' future. Yeah, two tackles and a sack, his first career sack in his first full career game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, we're going to try and clear out some of these phone lines. we got a lot of people waiting on hold, so we do appreciate you guys from the 727, been waiting on hold for close to 45 minutes. We do appreciate your patience. Can you hear me? What's your name? Where are you calling in from? It's uh, Matt Diaz. Wow, have I been on the line for 45 minutes? I'm hey. calling from Tampa. What's up, Matt? How you doing, my friend? Good, good, good. Yeah, now, uh, like uh, the Bucks today, my fantasy team got wrecked because mm-hmm. I also have two Bucks on there, but yeah. Often, in spite of getting slashed by lions today, it's all right. I had a uh, I had a prize pick six leg parlay, and I got four out of six. I would have got five out of six if I got a Chris Godwin or Mike Evans touchdown today. Uh, I was feeling pretty confident about that headed into the game, and and unfortunately that let me down. So I, I feel your pain. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but. Yeah, since we're talking about defense, I mean, you know, it's one of those, I I mean, one, aside from our edge crushers, I mean, one, I think Logan Hall, 
is turning into a pretty underrated. He's more of a workman type of guy, but I mean, Vita's, you know, done what Vita does. And then Kalijah Kansi, I mean, pretty good start, especially considering, you know, he had that calf injury. You know, yeah, he's, he's I mean, barely, he's barely played pushing, at all. I mean, this maybe, year. yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, JTS and Yaya's flame broiled chicken can finally got start getting some sacks. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm a little I find a lot of the plan and pass defense. I mean, I know Jared Goff is playing really nice, but he's no uh, Justin Herbert who's got just this really nice deep ball downfield. And I, I mean, yeah, they have some good skill position players, but I mean, I think they need to be playing more aggressively man to man because I, now you'll probably get deep, deep occasionally, but if it puts the offense back on the field sooner where they could desperately get some points, that could have really helped during this game. <laughs> as far as the, just offense, well, there wasn't anything good there. Yeah, I mean, by the end of this game... Short and sweet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all you can say, really, about the offensive side of the ball. But on the defensive side, by the end of this game, it was just methodical how they were being picked apart. That soft zone that you brought up, Jared Goff playing well against the Blitz because Todd Bowles definitely dialed up the heat today. Um, It it was just a lot of stuff that, that ultimately did not end up working. And I will say that the defense kept the Bucks in the game longer than they deserve to be. I'll, I'll say yeah. it that way, too. Um, but it is incredibly well, unfortunate was, to see them come up short like that. similar to 2020 when the Rams came to town mm-hmm. where, I mean, he was just getting off just you know, quick little completions. Yeah. And, I mean, and, it, it seemed like, too, they just stopped running the ball. Well, the key to what Detroit did today was, was they spread out the Buccaneers' defense. And I heard the commentator put it, in a great way that's easy to understand. All they were trying to do on offense, the Lions, they wanted Vita Vea, all those big interior defensive linemen, all your strong linebackers, they wanted them to have to run the furthest to make the play. And then they wanted your corners, your smaller personnel, to be the guys who have to be the first wave of tacklers. And it just didn't work. And we've seen it time and time again against this Todd Bowles defense, where if a team starts throwing bubble screens or if they have time in the pocket to develop some route outside of the numbers or even play action, roll out Jared Goff and get him throwing outside of the numbers. If you can spread out this Buccaneers defense, that's when you're going to beat them. And between playing soft zone and obviously some of the outside concepts we saw from the Lions on offense, it was just the same exact thing every time. It it was methodical and it was definitely annoying by the end of the game. It It was almost just the exact opposite of the offense and I mean I'll say this with the offense I mean they our guys I I mean they were getting a lot of the same opportunities that Detroit got but they just didn't execute and I mean play calling wasn't great but I mean well that, that was one thing I wanted to see was why aren't we trying some of those screens I mean you know, I, I, felt, I get they're doing. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I almost felt like they were trying the screens oh, no. too much today. You know, we saw a lot of short concept stuff from um, from the passing game, a lot of screen passes and just not a lot of trying to push the ball downfield. And ultimately, I feel like that's what led to a lot of the issues today. I mean, the play calling wasn't great when, you know, the players were able to catch the ball, but execution errors piled on top of that was just it, it led to the entire mess that we saw there today. But Matt, any final thoughts before we let now, you go, my friend? We got to clear out the rest of these phone calls. Yes, yes. Well, now I'll, I'll say this before I go. I, I'm going to go against the grain here. I don't think they should stop running the ball. The only way it's going to get better is by running the ball. Now, you know, I mean, it's off. To me, this whole game was just. It says where the Bucks are. Like, I think they're a nine-win team, but you know. <laughs> With nine wins, there's going to be eight losses that are right. going to make you raise your fist. So to me, this is just 
Whereas the Lions, I, I honestly think they're a, a contender. Yeah, I, I think the Lions are definitely a good team, and, and they proved that today for sure. Definitely left the Bucks in a position that uh, I wasn't expecting them to be in, but a, a loss is a loss, and you just got to shake it off and move on. But, Matt, always good talking to you, my friend. Go Bucks, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Thanks for calling in, my friend. All right. We got some more people. Next call from the 808. Oh, my gosh. I'm a huge Bucks fan. Uh, I'm uh, stationed in Hawaii right now, so I wake up early to watch the football games. Hell, yeah, awesome. dude. Well, we appreciate you hanging out with us. I know it's still kind of morning time for you over there. Uh, sorry you had to wake up and, and watch what we just watched, but how you <laughs> feeling after that one? Oh, man. Uh, there's a lot of Lions fans at the bar I went to. It's oh. just... Uh, and, and, and they're uh, and they're cocky it's a, too, it's, it's which a, is which is incredibly out of character. I know a lot of Detroit fans who are oh, awesome yeah. people, but man, they are talking all types of crap this year. Oh, oh no, I, I think it's the younger Lions fans because at the bar there was a lot of older Lions fans that were pretty uh, just happy to see their team finally being good. Yeah. So, so you, but, yeah, uh, obviously yeah, in Hawaii, you know, are are you the only Bucks fan in in Hawaii? I know, you, I know, you said you 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 were stationed there. Are you there for for work or um, you know, you're in the uh, military? I'm in the, or... I'm in the Navy. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. me and my roommate, uh, my roommate, were on our ship together. He's actually a Saints fan. So thank you for your service. Kinda... <laughs> oh yeah, no problem. It's uh, but uh, oh my gosh, I mean, I've been a fan since they drafted Jameis in Florida State, and it's. I don't want to say I'm getting flashbacks, but <laughs> it's just uh, it, I, I don't I don't think Baker's that bad, but it's just uh, it's frustrating to see uh, my favorite wide receiver Mike Evans drop all those passes mm-hmm. after he wants a contract, and it's I think we were just so close, and honestly, I think I'd rather have a D Delaney play than Ryan Neal. He looked like he was just giving up too many big plays. Yeah, you're not you're not the first you're not the first caller to suggest that. Uh, and if Ryan Neal keeps playing the way he is, I think the Bucks might consider that as well. We'll see. Yeah, D Delaney been a pleasant surprise. One of the higher graded DBs in the NFL this year. Oh yeah, I was just going to ask what you guys thought about uh, Baker Mayfield and how he played today. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Rhett. No, you're good. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you there. No, it, no, no. Go ahead. I thought it was his worst game as a Bucks QB. You know, even then, in the beginning of the game, it didn't seem so bad, like Evan had said. But as the game went on, it just ultimately seemed like he got worse. You know, couldn't hit any of those deep passes, wasn't able to be on target at the end of the game. That final drive, you know, I know he was under a lot of pressure. He was taking a lot of hits, and he's the type of QB who's going to stand in the pocket and take those hits. But even that final drive for the Bucks, when they were making that push downfield, he couldn't hit anybody. I, I mean, it was... It was a bad look and definitely not going to help his uh, his completion percentage after today. He was right around 50%. But a physical QB, and I definitely think he has what it takes to bounce back and continue to show us a lot of the good we have seen this year. But, you know, today for him and the rest of the offense, it was just, it was, nobody looked right today. Yeah, I agree. I just think the, the thing I'm most concerned with is... Uh, I know we don't have a lot of cash space, and I know they said it earlier, but the running backs are running backs. I just, uh, when the season started, uh, after watching Rashad White in the last preseason game, I just thought he was going to bring more than what he's brought so far this season. And I don't know if it's his fault or the offensive line, so that's why I was going to ask you whose fault, like who do you think is more at fault for the our rushing game is the offensive line or the running backs. Evan, I'll let you take this one. Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I don't really think you can pin it on solely on one or the other. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, like if if there's zero holes for the running back to, to find, yeah, you know, because the offensive line can't execute and open those holes, yeah, you know, I don't care who you are. Um, it does it doesn't really matter, you know, who who you are. But um, at the same time, there's running backs, you know, vision, patience, burst, you know, and, and that's stuff that I, I think at times Rashad White lacks. Now, the patience sometimes is uh, too much patience. That's that's one of the things. And it is starting to look, and I actually, I think I talked about this on the last episode too. 
I am starting to get a little bit concerned that like, you know, and this is this is the purpose of the season for the Buccaneers to get answers on these guys to see if they're part of the long-term plan. But like it's starting to look like Rashad White is just a guy, right? It doesn't look like he's they the guy. It looks like he's just another guy. So um that you know that can be easily pretty easily, you know, replaced. So uh, I am not completely out. Still a lot of football to be played, but and also like I'm not completely blaming Rashad White because again, like it it takes two, right? Like you have to, and also the scheme, like the scheme, the play calls when you run, like it has to has a lot to do with it. But um, yeah, so far through five games, Rashad White has not been what the Buck. I'm sure the Bucks hoped, and not not definitely not been what the fans hoped. I will say this about Rashad White. I, I am not ready to to wave the white flag and declare him another guy. And I know that's not what you were saying, but it definitely looks like that. It's after trending first, in that direction. Right. After the first five weeks of the season, he isn't giving us very much hope as, you know, the new savior of that running back room. But I definitely think the sample size has a lot to do with it. I mean, one of the biggest complaints we had with him today is that he wasn't even on the field. You know, you got Keyshawn Vaughn taking away carries from potentially Rashad White, but now Sean Tucker, who is even bigger question mark now. Uh, but I think if you give Rashad White, you know, one game where you just give him the ball 25 times and you throw the ball at him five to seven times, maybe he shows us a little bit more. I mean, it, it obviously matters week to week, depending on the defense you go up against. But I, I still think... I still think there's a level that he can get to that he hasn't quite hit yet. And I still have a little bit of faith in the guy. Uh, I would like to see what the rest of this season brings up. But just like Evan said, you know, this is the season for being patient with guys like Rashad White, um, you know, with guys like, unfortunately, Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, with some of these guys who have who have been slower to develop. You know, when you're not in a championship window, you still want to win games and the Bucks are still focused on winning their division but it's not like you have a bunch of depth behind these unexperienced guys. So you got to figure out what you have long-term for sure. And uh, I'm still in on the Rashad white project, but I definitely would like to see him get involved a little bit more. If the bucks truly want him to be, you know, that next running back for Tampa Bay, but we appreciate your call from Hawaii, man. Any final thoughts before we let you go? Uh, I just want to say, uh, the future is looking bright for a Kalachi Kanti if he can stay healthy. And, uh, I appreciate you, what you guys do, uh, Go Bucks! Thanks. Oh yeah, buddy. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening. We truly do appreciate you. All right, final call of the show from the three five two, and this guy has been on hold forever. I think he's in our YouTube live chat, so forgive me if I'm mistaken. But is is this Dritz? Is that how you say it? Hello, hello. Going once, going twice. You're on the Cane of Fire podcast. Oh. One. Hello, Two. hello, hello. I feel so bad. He's been on hold for like Yeah, I know. An and it's hour. our last caller. Last call of the show. Going once, going twice. Hello, hello. Power Pig, hello. Can you hear me? I'm burning. All right. Sorry, pal. We appreciate you calling in. Maybe next time. But we got to wrap this thing up. We've gone a little bit long today. And uh, this is not one of those games that you want to talk about for a long time. I don't think. I, I mean, maybe not for me. You know, uh. Well, based on the amount of calls, you know, the, the the fans do. So Yeah, that is true. A lot of people with a lot of things to say this week. And we truly appreciate all of you guys who chose to call in, chose to hang out with us live on YouTube, chose to subscribe to the channel this week. We did have a really, really good week as far as YouTube numbers go. I don't know if you guys yes. saw, but our interview on the game preview with NFL safety Glover Quinn and Jack Cavanaugh from Believe in Lions, that episode's up almost over 8,000 views, which is absolutely incredible to see something like that. Especially Thank an episode you. that I, I didn't really expect to pop off like <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, so we do appreciate your guys' support and everybody. We, we, we have well over 100 in the live chat today. So just, you know, we appreciate appreciate the support so much. It means a lot. So, um, you know, and, and even a, even after a loss, you know, we always say, you know, well, when the team's doing good, you know, the numbers are going to be up. But if they lose, and sometimes it works the other way. Sometimes when they lose, like people want to talk about it more. So we, we appreciate it, everything. Yeah, we, we try to keep it level-headed around here. So if you guys call in and you have an insane emotional take, that's what we're here for. That's what the Cannon Fire Hotline is open for on shows like this. But ladies and gentlemen, with all of that being said, that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Post-game call-in edition. I don't even know if we have a gimmick name for the episode at this point. 
But that's going to do it for this game review. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens. You can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at Evan, Evan NFL. And check out his written work at BucksNation.com. What have you got in the hopper this week? Uh, obviously, you're going to do the the game day uh, after reactions um, and also going to be coming up with a new Q&A for the Falcons coming up. So uh, obviously, uh, be on the lookout for that. Our buddy Dritz in live chat. I, I feel so bad for him. We'll get you next time, Dritz. We'll get yeah. you next time. Uh, you know what? Next time we have the phones on, you'll be the first call that we take. <laughs> I promise. Because I recognize your number now. I know the area code. So I'm so sorry. He was on hold for so long. But it's a dirty game, man. It's a dirty game. Sometimes that, that's what happens. Uh, last but not least, you can find myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Subscribe to the Cannon Fire podcast here on YouTube for more great Tampa Bay Buccaneers content. If you guys are a new viewer, we do appreciate you and uh, look forward to your company as we move forward. We'll talk to you later this week as we get you up to date on all the latest Tampa Bay Buccaneer news updates and uh, any more info that you may need between now and then. Right here, youtube.com forward slash cannon fire podcast. Be on the lookout for that. I'm your host, Rip Matthew, signing off for my co host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you again for listening and go, Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E. AV on YouTube.